time now for Scoops with Danny Mac, the podcast on 101 ESPN. Thursday edition of the program, Scoops with Danny Mac. And uh, I like this from the 636. Danny Mac, love the show. Ask Bobby Bonilla and Albert Bell about signing on the line. These players are ridiculous for not taking the money. I agree. Take the money. Take the money. You don't agree. You think Trevor Lawrence should go back, play at Clemson, get his body abused, potentially injured, and then not become the number one pick. Yeah, he'll be Why fun. take the chance? Because he's going to have it pay off in the long run. If he goes to the Jets because of his endorsements, things. if he sucks, he's not going to have any endorsements. He's going to go to a terrible team the following year. He's so gonna, just go get the money. I think what Joe Burrow got, the Bengals. Bengals, that's, that was a good number one overall pick. I, I'm not worried about him winning or losing games. Take the money. Take the money. Like I said, Clemson has used you, which they true. have. And so go ahead and just use that platform and go get the number one pick and get paid. I also Don't wonder, get injured. I also wonder if he pulls an Eli Manning and says, hey, I, I'm not going to play for you guys. You can draft me, but I'm not going to play for you. That Maybe I'm, I'm cool with that, too. Mm-hmm. Guy that's going to get paid is Trevor Bauer. He wins the National League Cy Young Award. I was shocked to uh, find this out. Cincinnati, it's its first winner of the Cy Young Award. That surprised me. Bauer topped uh, Hugh Darvish of the Cubs. Jacob deGrom was trying to make it three in a row. He was awesome this year, five and four. So the record, this is why you take out the record a lot of times when trying to evaluate this. 1.73 ERA for Trevor Bauer in 11 starts. He struck out 173 innings. Led the majors with two shutouts, and down the stretch, he was really good. When they needed him most to get into postseason play, he had a pair of seven-inning performances on doubleheader days. That means a lot. It means a lot to me. Um, It's been a goal of mine for the past nine years. I've actually had the background on my phone uh, with a picture of, I believe, Jim Palmer's Cy Young on it as kind of a motivation for me. But uh, for a kid who was never really the best at baseball or the most talented or the most popular or anything like that to uh, have worked my way into this um, studying uh, intellectually and uh, dedication and and all that stuff. Uh, It it means a lot. He's a unique guy. I was doing uh, college baseball and I guess it was probably 10 or 12 years ago. I got hired by ESPN to go do the super regionals. And there was two guys on that team for UCLA one, Garrett Cole. The other, Trevor Bauer. How they lost, I'm not sure. So they said, hey, when you when you see this Bauer kid, you got to watch him warm up. I said, oh, okay, you know, must have a really good fastball. He goes out and takes the ball, goes behind the mound, and then crow hops and throws one 100 miles an hour, literally, at the catcher. That's his first warm-up pitch. I thought, man, oh, man, who is this guy? So then I started asking around. And they said, oh, he does all these different things. He's crazy. We're not sure what this guy's like. He's doing all these different things, kind of a sabermetric look at the game. He was ahead of a lot of people. And then he started doing these weird things on the side, like how he gets loose. Sometimes we show shots of that during the games, Um, what he does with a rubber ball, all these different things. I give him credit. It paid off. Uh, he's such an intriguing guy. He's a bright guy. He's smart. And now he's a Cy Young Award winner. I, I haven't thought about it too much, honestly. Look, I like to be happy. I, I just I want to be happy. I've been miserable for large portions of my big league career. I've gone through that. I don't want to go back to that. Uh, so really, it comes down to 
I want to be with you know teammates that I'm uh, that I integrate well with, management group that I get along well with. Because I want to enjoy playing in the big leagues. It's fun. I had you know the most fun of my big league career this this season with the group of guys we had in Cincinnati. So that's really the biggest thing. So he's talking about free agency there, and he would be one of the biggest fish that's out there. Trevor Bauer wins the Cy Young Award. You Darvish two, Jacob Degrom three, St. Louis native Devin Williams finished eighth. Now think about that. He's a rookie, not a starter, didn't have a save, and he finished eighth. That's how good he was this year. Zach Gallen of the Diamondbacks, remember that name? He was part of the Marcel Ozuna deal, went to Miami, and now he's with Arizona, and he finished 10th. Cardinals, man, can evaluate pitching. They can evaluate pitching, and they've got pitching coming up again. Zach Thompson is coming. There's a few others that you haven't heard about yet you will hear about in spring training, and it's guys like uh, Zach Gallen that were part of the Ozuna deal. Alcantara is a number one starter for Miami, or at least one or two. They know pitching. Cardinals definitely know that. Cleveland Indians ace Shane Bieber, unanimous winner of the AL Cy Young Award. This guy was fantastic. 8-1, 1.63 ERA, 122 strikeouts in 77 and a third. Led the majors in ERA and strikeouts and tied you Darvish for most wins. I love what he had to say here. It was on the show last night. He's surrounded by his family. Imagine if you're a parent out there and you hear this. They're the ones that, that have believed in me from the start. Um, they, you know, made it all happen. And uh, <clears throat> going back to college kind of took a, a, a leap of faith so to speak just you know being able to uh, be a preferred walk on it at UC Santa Barbara and have the support of my my family just to be able to get me through that and um, you know obviously things worked out from there but uh, just to have their support meant meant the world and um, from then on it, it felt like we were playing with house money so uh, it's, it's nice to, to be able to share this day with them um, because they deserve it Great story. Preferred walk-on and becomes a Cy Young Award winner and arguably the best pitcher with power in baseball that tells you about baseball as opposed to what we're talking about with a guy like Trevor Lawrence or you think about uh, basketball and your drafts. Baseball, you can be 5'5", 5'6", Altuve, and be a great second baseman. You can be a preferred walk-on like Bieber and develop and get better and better and better and win the Cy Young. That is the beauty of baseball. That's why I love it so much. I always, I also find it so interesting that he admits that he was a preferred walk-on. All these guys that go to these schools are, oh, I committed there, but deep down, you really just got the preferred walk-on thing. For him to admit it, that's awesome. Love to see the success now. Unanimous winner. So he had 30 first-place votes. Uh, Kenta Maeda of the Twins was second. Ryu of the Blue Jays was third. Lance Lynn, by the way, finished sixth. And he could be a fish that people want. He's got one year on his deal. So the free agent pitching market was already pretty slow. And this is before Marcus Stroman and Kevin Gossman accepted qualifying offers nearly $19 million to those guys. So the, the pool now is much thinner. Here's some of the names to think about. Trevor Bauer, clearly the most prominent starter. Charlie Morton. He's already said he's drawn interest from as many as 10 teams. And that was a guy that was forgotten. That's another thing about baseball. You kind of reinvent yourself. He reinvented himself, and here he is. He's got at least 10 teams looking at him. After those two, Masahiro Tanaka. And this is why I'm bringing it up, because where's Adam Wainwright with all this? Uh, Jake Odorizzi, Taiwan Walker. They would be the next group, I would think. And then you have some injured players. Corey Kluber, somebody's going to take a flyer on him. He's a two-time Cy Young Award winner. By the way, thinking of pitching and developing pitching, how about the Indians? Bauer, Kluber, Sabathia. 
Carrasco. Pretty good. Plesak. Pretty darn good. It's not even stopping. Yeah. You got Kluber. You got James Paxton, Jose Quintana, Cole Hamels, maybe. Hamels may be done. Um, you got some guys trying to bounce back maybe at the latter stages of their careers. Mike Miner. I was looking at this. Rick Porcello is another one, former Cy Young Award winner. Uh, John Lester is another one if he still wants to go. And Lance Lynn's name is one that is going to come up an awful lot. Again, going back to the Cardinals, developing pitching. So he has one year, $8 million. That's it, remaining on his deal with the Rangers. And his past two seasons with Texas, he's 22-14 and 14 in 46 starts and a 3.57 ERA. One starter with one year left until free agency. How about Dylan Bundy of the Angels? You got John Gray. Danny Duffy of Kansas City, although he makes about $16 million. Guys with two years of control who could be on the moves uh, move would be um, Sean Maniah. He's with the A's. You got uh, the Pirates, Joe Musgrove, who was really good against the Cardinals. Cal Freeland, Matthew Boyd, and then there's Blake Snell. Would they even think about trading Blake Snell? He's got 30, uh, $39 million left on his deal. He's got three years. But if you want to get a haul and you're Tampa Bay and you're saying we got to do this with a a tight budget, you get a haul for that guy. Three years, $39 million for Blake Snell. Get a lot of people, boy. Especially when you look at that payroll, that what that $13 million, is that going to be number two on their payroll, I think? I think that's going to be their second highest paid player this upcoming year. If you can unload him and a team like the Dodgers, $13 million is nothing for an ace-style pitcher. You could get multiple top prospects from a team for him. So the reason I did the research of that and looked it up is where is Adam Wainwright with all this? You know, probably a one-year deal, and it's always to the eye of the beholder. The Atlanta Braves, that would make sense. Bring them back home, come full circle. They need pitching, um, and they need a mentor for some of those young guys that we saw in postseason play. Soroka is out for the year. He's got a torn Achilles. It would make some sense. Okay, I found this really interesting. Major League Baseball plans to allow fans to attend games in 2021. So as long as their local municipalities permit them to attend. That was Rob Manfred Tuesday saying it would not be tenable for clubs to go another season without fans. Lack of fans, Manfred believes, hurt revenues beyond the most obvious ways. Connecting fans' inability to attend games to a drop in MLB's TV viewership. So across the board, we saw numbers were down. Whether you looked at the postseason numbers for baseball, uh, local numbers, everywhere, it was down. Um, I was trying to figure this out. I've been doing a lot of thinking. Is it because there were no fans in the stands? Is it because it was an afterthought to watch a baseball game? Was it because you were turned off by the CBA? I don't know. Maybe all these are factors. You have your own issues in your own life. The last eight months that have turned you upside down where you're saying, "I I don't have time to watch this. And, you know, the other thing as it pertains to the Cardinals all the double headers. Like you'd come home and you'd flip on a game. You go, oh, I didn't even realize the Cardinals are playing a double header today. The schedule was just so messed up. There was no, I mean, there was a schedule there, but a lot of times people look at the schedule and base their lives on coming home, putting dinner on the table, and more times than not, flipping on a game at 630. It's in the background. There's the pregame show on Fox Sports Midwest, and then we come on the air and we do the game. I think there's a rhythm to that over the course of six months. I think that hurt it. But I'd be curious, you know, were fans watching or were they turned off or it was because it was stale with no fans in the stands? 
Um, you didn't feel connection because you didn't go down to the ballpark. It's such a social event. Here in St. Louis, baseball is about the team, and we want to see them win. We, we love to watch our guys play. We love to watch Molina. We love to watch Wainwright. Maybe you were a Colton Wong fan. Maybe you wanted to watch Adam Wainwright pitch on every fifth day. But the other thing is people love to go down there, drink beer, and hang out with their buddies. That's part of it. It's a social gathering. It's part of who we are as St. Louisans. So I, I'm just wondering what were some of the factors if people did not watch this year? I would say the number one thing has to be the schedule. If you're scheduling your life around something and you know, hey, all right, the Cardinals are playing the Dodgers Friday night. This is what we're going to do. And we're going to watch the game. I think more times than not, that happens on a day-to-day basis. And I think the schedule is, is really important, especially with the COVID days off and the double headers, like you mentioned, people not knowing really when the game's being played. Yeah. Yeah, it's a good point. Majority of sports fans in stadium and arenas may take to mobile ordering in a post-coronavirus world. Over half of sports fans, 55%, surveyed by Appetize, a point-of-sale and digital ordering platform company, expect to use mobile ordering at venues after the pandemic. Appetize also found out that more than half, 51% of American sports fans, want to use mobile ordering directly from their seats versus 18% who want to use self-service kiosk, uh, kiosk at concession stands. Interesting. So, number one, your appetite to go to a game, feel safe, vaccines there, everybody's feeling safe enough to go. Maybe initially you're socially distanced with your group, which we saw in postseason with baseball. But do you feel comfortable going to the bathroom, getting in a line at, at the bathroom? Do you feel comfortable going... Uh, to get your hot dog, your beer, your popcorn, your Cracker Jack. I, I think it's going to be fascinating when we come back how we take in a game as a fan in the stands. It's going to be fascinating. I think the delivery works if you have a much lower capacity of a crowd. Um, other than that, it would be so difficult to use. So, oh, you got all these different deliveries going down. Oh, I'm in row 16, seat 23 and 24. And you got all these people running and then they're interrupting the game in the middle of the pitch. I, I think all of that would be really tough unless you have a very limited capacity. Danny Mack from the ticks, uh, 260 with the possibility of fans coming back. Will this force the Cardinals to take the netting all the way down the lines? No, I think that stays, which was the big, you know, before we had all this stuff hit, that was one of the big discussions about taking the netting down. No, I think the netting stays um, because they want to have the safety of the fans, which I think is right. And something that drives me crazy are the bat boys on deck. I hate it. I don't like it. I don't think it should be there. So if you have a right-handed batter, and he's on the first base side. I think he needs to switch to the third base side. If you're going to have somebody out there because you're trying to make sure that the umpire gets his baseballs as quickly as he needs them or pick up a bat, put him on the other side. I always have felt, too, if you're on deck, go to the behind the hitter. I, I don't know why we don't do that. I saw one on Encarnacion. It was awful. It was scary. It's sad. And I've seen so many times foul balls go right by that kid right by the hitter why are we putting them in harm's way and if we have netting going down the right and left field lines i think it's smart it hasn't obstructed views no one's complaining everybody's like oh boy i was happy that i had that netting there because i was looking at my phone so that's what i think um later in the show gonna get into some blues talk a little bit of the masters as well and a little bit of college football but coming up next we're going to talk it over with uh, brad thompson and get into some of the uh, items that are out there, whether it's pitching, who would be the three or the four. Uh, what do the Cardinals do with 
this free agency period. What does he think may happen? So all that is coming up with Brad Thompson. Add a little excitement to your sports watching experience and bet on all the action on FanDuel Paradise Sportsbook this football season. Hey, there's a reason why FanDuel Paradise is America's number one sportsbook. Their app is simple to use. They've got great odds on all different betting markets, unique fun bet types. We've got Thursday night football tonight. And right now, FanDuel is letting you place your first bet risk-free up to 1000 bucks. You can bet on any game. FanDuel Paradise Sportsbook will refund up to $1,000 back if you don't win the first bet. Thursday night football tonight. And if you've never tried FanDuel Paradise Sportsbook, don't wait. It's the mobile sporting bet app that you need. Use the promo code WXOS. WXOS, that's WXOS. 21 and older, present in Illinois or Indiana. First online, real money wager only. Site credit is non-withdrawable, expires in 14 days. Restrictions apply. See sportsbook.fanduel.com for details. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. In Indiana, call 1-800-9-WITH-IT. More of what you want to hear. Scoops with Danny Mac in podcast form on 101 ESPN. It's a Thursday, and let's visit with Brad Thompson of the Fast Lane. I'm Dan McLaughlin. This is Scoops with Danny Mack. And as always, Brad, it is great to visit with you. I did not have the chance, once the Cardinals were eliminated, to visit with you as we were doing every Monday. But, hey, I thought this would be the perfect time to get you to actually talk baseball and be serious. So how are things going with you? Dan, uh, they, they're going great. And uh, to start out on a serious note, don't tell anybody you talked to me because I took today and tomorrow off of work, okay? I know, but that's how much you think of me is that you would actually do this interview. So really, this is yeah, all yeah. about me. Yeah, just keep it on the, the low key, though. I don't want people to know I'm doing radio on days that I took off of the radio, you know, so... Uh, yeah, don't tell anybody, okay? I won't do that. You can hear Brad sure. daily, normally, when he's not taking his vacation days on the Fast Lane on 101 ESPN. i, I got to ask you, Brad, first of all, the Cardinals and Major League Baseball, it's kind of a holding pattern right now, but one of the moves that they did make was with Colton Wong. What, what were your initial impressions of them not picking up his option and saying, for all intents and purposes, goodbye to Colton Wong? Yeah, I mean, just from a, a player perspective right my initial response and thought was disappointment I mean I I looked at Colton Wong and and I know that maybe he hadn't quite evolved into the hitter that they they were hoping that he would evolve into I still don't think that we've seen the best baseball from Colton Wong still believe that there's more there he's young enough he's right in his prime defensively he's the best at his position around the league and so it's disappointing to, to lose that piece or at least the idea of potentially losing that piece. I, I really did think, Dan, uh, I'm interested to know you know, what you were thinking about it leading into it. Uh, I really thought, I wouldn't expect them to pick up his option at $12.5 million. I, I think that it is very uh, evident, even without the landscape of what's going on right now, you know, in the middle of a pandemic and everybody's spending is going to be tight. I didn't see them picking that up, but I did see them restructuring somehow, some way, bringing him back on a lower AAV, maybe it's a three-year deal, you know, for, for far less than $12.5 million a year, I kind of figured something like that might end up happening. Uh, so I was, a, I was a little bit disappointed by it. What, what did you think was going to happen with that? I thought they'd pick up the option, and then at that point that would buy them time as to whether or not they would keep Colton Wong or, to your point, restructure the deal. But to the greater point, I think what it shows is that the industry is saying, yes, is he a good defensive player? He's outstanding. 675, though, OPS is not going to cut it. 
they're trying to get better offensively, and teams are saying we'd rather have sluggers maybe than defense. That's kind of the way I read it, and they felt maybe, all right, we're going to be stuck with this if we pick it up. Yeah, well, and, and that's what baseball is kind of telling you across the board is that's what we're looking at. Now, i got to tell you, uh, as just a baseball fan, I do trend more old school than I do new school, but I, I love baseball. And I love the game, you know, whatever it ends up taking the shape of. I don't love the fact that we're taking the value off of defenders. I, I don't love the idea that maybe we're building more one-dimensional players, but I do understand that you need OPS. You need bang for your buck. And the Cardinals desperately, more so than pretty much other any other team uh, in uh, in the National League, I believe the the Pirates last year were the only team that had a lower OPS than the Cardinals, and uh, you, you really don't want to be in too many conversations currently with the Pirates. They need it, right? They need some bang for their buck. But the question is, going back to the idea of the postseason and spending money, can you get that bang internally, right? Is it going to happen from Tommy Edmond taking over at second base? Will he be able to provide more? Uh, he kind of took a little bit of a, a step back offensively this year, but uh, just like you and you and I have had these conversations off air, it's very hard to uh, you know, get a good read on a player after a crazy 2020 schedule and, and what the Cardinals had to go through. So I still believe that Tommy Edmond is a good player and can be better than he was last year. I think he could be better than he was two years ago. But I, I just wonder where the all the pop and the OPS and the ISO and all these advanced stats that the Cardinals need so desperately, I just really wonder where it's going to come from if they're not looking to spend cash this offseason. Yachty and Wayno, do you think they come back to St. Louis? Man, I'm keeping my fingers so crossed on this one. And uh, Anthony Stalter and I, we we, uh, we we tend to do little side uh, side bets uh, on stuff. And this is one I've been very very true on. I think we got lunch uh, on this one that Yachty and Wayno are both coming back. I say yay because I'm ever the optimist. He says nay because you know he's looking at the numbers, looking <laughs> looking at uh, what what teams are looking to spend, and, and looking at all the rumors that are floating out there. Man, we've uh, keep seeing Yadier Molina being attached to different teams and who might be interested. Now, I don't know who is going to want to pony up the multi-year deal. Maybe it's the team that just looked at him and said, that's the missing link. Like, we need him. We need that guy on the field. You know this. You've seen it his entire career, the value that he provides in so many different aspects of the game. I'm sure that there are is a team and or teams that feel like they're that missing link away, and maybe they do it. Out of the two, if if I really had to like bet on it, uh, of the one that I believe would be back at least quicker, I would pick Wainwright. I think it's an easier deal to get done. I believe that Wayno has showed over the last couple of years that he's okay with um, taking maybe the lower salary, throw some incentives in there. He just wants to he wants to play baseball, but he's going to have suitors as well. We've already heard the Braves are linked to Adam Wainwright, and no shocker on that, right? Uh, Adam Wainwright is like the one that got away for the Atlanta Braves. They'd love to be able to have him there, bring him back. And this isn't just a, hey, full circle, look, baseball, we brought this guy back to end his career, and he'll tip his Braves hat. Look what Wainwright's done the last couple of years. I mean, he was your ace last year. I still believe that the Cardinals pitching is going to be a strength next year, Dan. I, I still believe that the rotation is going to be solid. 
I believe the bullpen is going to be really good, but it's a different look when four or five in your rotation are going to be battles for who wins them. And your third spot in the rotation is going to be a guy in Miles Michaelis that is coming off of a, a surgery where he missed the entire year. So far from certain, I think that they could really use Adam Wayne right back. It's interesting, too, with Carlos Martinez uh, talking about this yesterday. You don't know how certain guys reacted to COVID. He was not where he needed to be this year. I prefer him in the bullpen, but he is in the final year of his deal. That's always something to think about. Then you have Gomber. You got Ponce de Leon. You got Oviedo and Woodford, who I would think would be at Memphis. And then there's a wild card in there, maybe as a starter in Alex Reyes. How do you think some of that shakes out in the back end of a rotation? Well, to me, that, that's the most exciting part about spring training. And uh, I, I wish maybe I was talking about offensively who that juggernaut's going to be this year. But I think this is it. It's going to be the battle for the last two spots. If I was just picking two guys based on sheer talent that, that I wanted to see in the rotation, it would be Gomber and Reyes. Like, I, I would like to see both of those guys round out the rotation. I know that the Cardinals already have another lefty and Kim in the rotation. But two lefties wouldn't be bad. And Gomber... Gomper to me, uh, like I, I love, uh, I, I like Ponce as well, and I enjoy what he has. I think that Ponce could be a back end of, of the bullpen guy that can just come in and overpower people. I think Gomber has proven that he can get better as the game goes on. He's got a, a wider array of pitches. And with Reyes, like we were all picturing a couple of years ago of him being the ace of the Cardinals. And I still think that there is that thought of a one-two punch of Flaherty Reyes could be there, but we haven't seen Reyes start a full season in the big leagues ever. And everybody's going to be on innings limits and restrictions, or at least they're going to be very cautious coming into next year. So that's where I think that there's a little bit of value and more value, not even just talking about the upside. I'm I'm talking about Carlos Martinez now because we've seen him at the best, right? The the upside is there. He can be a very, very effective starter. He could be a very effective, to your point, at the back end of the bullpen. But I'm trying to think of a guy where I could go into 2021 hoping that it's a full season and I could try to ride through a full season – with him potentially being on the last year of his contract and potentially being a, you know, not potentially him being a veteran guy, I would feel a lot more comfortable from an organization standpoint of leaning on him. Say, here you go, dude, take the ball. We need you right now, uh, as opposed to doing that with some of the younger guys. Do you see the Cardinals? I'm going to throw two crazy names out there taking a flyer on a Yoenis Cespedes or Yasiel Puig, those kind of players, and, and trying to bring them in on a one year deal and, and catch lightning in a bottle. Uh, Puig has been a name that's been kicked around a ton over the last couple of years, and I know Cardinals fans have had a lot of interest. Dan, you know the the front office and you know ownership very well. Uh, I don't think that they're they're going to take a flyer with him with some of the current off field accusations that are thrown his way. I just don't see adding the uh, bad optics to who knows if this pans out. Like I, I don't see it. Maybe. You know, if, if he does, if all that stuff gets cleared up and uh, he's good to go, maybe you do. Uh, Cespedes, I, I don't see either just because it doesn't feel like he wanted to play baseball anymore. No, he right? didn't. He just kind of just walked away, and it just doesn't feel to me like a, a cardinal kind of player, somebody that just uh, up and left on the road and said, yeah, I'm done. You just pack up my crap. You can send it to me if you want or, or not. I, I really don't care. Maybe he has a change of heart, and maybe he really wants to do it, and, you, and uh, you're, you're – point is is very well taken is that if they're not going to spend a bunch of money why not take a flyer on a high upside guy 
I just don't know if either of those guys really fit the profile of what the Cardinals would be looking for in more aspects than just could you provide some power. So we know Max Schrock, we know Miller, we know Wong, guys that can play second base are gone. So Edmundo Sosa would be in this conversation. I was looking at some of the names. Uh, maybe a Tommy Listella, uh, Cesar Hernandez, who's a switch hitter. Jonathan VR, terrible year last year, career 727 OPS. Do any of those guys excite you looking forward? Uh, not, not more than they, not really more than Tommy Edmond, to be honest with you, because uh, the, the only value that, that could come in with bringing some of those guys in, and I'll, I'll throw another name in that mix who has had some power potential coming off of a one year deal and he probably wouldn't cost you a lot, is Jonathan Scope, yep. uh, who you know hit 32 bombs a few years ago, albeit in Baltimore had 20 plus two years ago. And so, I mean, he, he could provide some of that thump right there, but uh, the, the added addition, I would think of bringing in a third baseman is, or I'm sorry, a second baseman is you wouldn't have to fully lean on Matt Carpenter and presuming that's what they're going to do heading into 2021 over at third. So you could shift Tommy Edmond back over there, or maybe you could jumpstart uh, one of the younger guys. I know that uh, everybody wants to talk about Nolan Gorman. I don't really see that happening early on in the season, but Montero is already on the 40 man roster. Maybe he's another guy that they could do, but none of those names like pop out. So that's what I, I and I'm sure that the, the front office, I'm sure Mo and Gersh and, and you know everybody are kind of crunching these same numbers and looking at it the same way. Any of those names that you popped up, right? Jonathan VR, Tommy Lestella, I threw in scope. Like, are, are these names going to make us markedly better, or are we just going to spend more money and be right around the same? Because I, I know that fans hate like hearing about the, the financial side of it, and there's the misconception all the time: the Cardinals don't spend. Well, there's also like spending smart, right? And I, I just wonder like how smart it is when you do have a bunch of money coming off the books after this season in Martinez, potentially, I mean, assuming you don't pick up the, the option at 17-5, and I don't think that they will, and Miller and Carpenter and Fowler. Like what, what value is it really to throw money at, at some middling guys when you have some other players that you can get some looks at? I feel like that's probably the struggle that they're going to have this entire offseason. Finally, is there a name out there that interests you? Anybody that comes to mind, you'd say, yep, I'm going to spend that money. I'm going to get that guy. Uh, you know what? Uh, yeah, I got two, George Springer and Trevor Bauer. Where are you at on those two? Uh, Springer, I'm always concerned about any Astro Bauer. I would Fair. love to bring him in. It would be so much fun for us. I don't know if he would do it. I don't know if we could get him to calm down a little bit, but yeah. Oh, I'm, yeah. I'm either one of those guys. And then, of course, no. one Francisco Lindor. Yeah, of course, right? Look, Everybody wants him. Know, yeah, I think we all know that, that the Cardinals probably aren't going after the, the top bat uh, on the market or the top pitcher on the market with those two. I will give you like a, a couple of realistic names uh, that I think, and I'm sure that you've kicked them around on your show. I know we've kicked them around on the fast lane. Uh, Michael Brantley is one that's interesting. Yep. I mean, he's, he's a little bit older. I know he's an Astro, uh, but he was also an Indian beforehand. I feel like he had a track record. He's proven he could stay healthy. He's over an 800 OPS guy for his career. Uh, and at, at his age, again, I mean, it's not going to take more than two years potentially in a pandemic to be able to keep him around. I know the Astros have been doing a little bit of work trying to keep him. And the other one is Jock Peterson. And you and I have talked oh, about yeah. him off air of just being a guy that provides a lot of pop. He'll never face a left-handed pitcher, uh, but that's fine because you got some guys in your outfield mix 
that probably shouldn't face right-handers all the time. So I, I think that that player makes sense also, but it always comes down to the market and what kind of value you can get on those guys. Hey, Brad, as always, appreciate it. Have a great weekend. Enjoy the off day, and uh, thanks for doing this. I appreciate it very much. No problem, Dan. I appreciate you having me as always. Enjoy your weekend as well. That's Brad Thompson. This is Scoops with Danny Mack. More of what you want to hear. Scoops with Danny Mack in podcast form on 101 ESPN. All right, you're talking about the Masters. Uh, Hopefully you enjoyed the interview with Brad Thompson. A lot of baseball talk on this edition of the program, but I got to tell you, my attention right now, Scotty, is right on the TV. We had a rain delay at the Masters. Now the sun is shining brightly. No fans, but yet it's still the Masters. Uh, He's must-see TV right now, like Tiger Woods was. Bryson DeChambeau, as you mentioned, plus two through four. He's been all over the place, and that's been the biggest concern going into this championship. Could he keep it in the fairway? I talked to Jay Delsing the other day on our show, and he told us about Bryson and what it means to see him at the Masters. What Bryson DeChambeau is doing, first of all, there were no guarantees that this was going to work. He he morphed his body into kind of this Hulk, gained almost 40 pounds, maximizing the Tiger Woods effect that we've seen take place standing over the last, what, 20 some odd years. And now he's really taken it to an incredible level. And prior to the open at Wingfoot, I would have said, no way. But what he did with all the rough and the difficulty at Wingfoot and to win that thing by six strokes, it's just ridiculous. And now he's finding the rough. He was in the water. The rain delay is over, so they're rolling through. Um, my pick, Kepka, he doesn't tee off until 2.59, I believe, St. Louis time. And uh, that is my pick. I'm staying with it. Okay. I didn't go Lee Westwood. He's three under through five. I got it. Hey, Xander Shoffley was on my reserve team. He oh, didn't make stop. the starting five. You didn't have Xander. I'll pull it up stop. for you right now, Dan. Now, Tom Rinaldi... If Tom Rinaldi ever shows up at my front door, I'm running, okay? Because the guy has an essay on anybody that died that will make you cry. So I, I'm running away from Tom Rinaldi. However, he's unbelievable what he does. He's great at doing golf. He's great on college football. And I, I thought this was interesting. He was asked, is DeChambeau right now a villain? And sometimes in competition and in sports, at least in my mind, you got to have a great villain. And he was asked about DeChambeau being that villain right now on the PGA Tour. I, I don't know that I would use the word villain. I, I would say that if the players are being honest, there's a degree of fascination with him, mm-hmm. even, even among his contemporaries. But there's a difference between fascination and affection. I think there were times where Tiger just cast this, this aura he, he had an awe, and we all, often talk, Ian, right, about the intimidation that oh, that yeah. could create. So I think it's a completely different vibe that's coming from Bryson. I think guys are fascinated, that, and they do respect the amount of work that he's put in. It is. He's fascinating. He is the Hulk, and he's blasting the golf ball. We love power in sports. Home runs, love to see power. LeBron James, he's 6'8", sculpted, can play the point, can play down on the block. Power. Uh, We talk about football. Guys that have the physique and run you over. Power. In golf, we don't associate that with power. This guy's got power. That's why he's fun. He's he's like must-watch TV. Even when he's plus two, I still want to watch the guy tee off. It's incredible. Every time. Every time. He's that much better than every other person. That much better. It's massive. And I'm jealous of his diet. I want the diet. 
The diet would be a lot of fun, too. You think you'd want to drink seven protein sure. shakes a day? Pound some steaks, get some uh, some eggs every other meal. I'm not, I'm not for that. Uh, yeah, but if you were driving at 400 yards, you would be. You'd say, well, maybe this works. The guy goes through seven chocolate shakes of every 5, single round. calories. <laughs> He's like, hey, uh, you got that refrigerator in, the, in my golf bag? Give me it's another shake. All right, we'll cross it over. Ribs BK, they're coming up next. More of what you want to hear. Scoops with Danny Mac in podcast form on 101 ESPN. This is an amazing, amazing crossover because BK has come in. Normally, BK works right up to the wire of 11 o'clock. And I love Alex and I love ribs, but I don't get a chance to see you. So here you are. It's good to see you, Dan. How are you doing today, man? I'm doing great. What do you have coming up on the show? We've got a lot coming up. So Buster Olney, I think, is one of the best awesome. baseball insiders in the business. He's going to join us coming up at 1245. Hockey Hall of Famer Larry Robinson is going to join us coming up at 115 to talk about Colton Pareko, talk about Justin Falk, the new roles for those guys. I uh, would love getting his insight. And, I mean, there was a report yesterday that the Cardinals are apparently interested in Francisco Lindor. Do we buy it? We'll get into that coming up here in just a little bit. Well, I'm gonna I'm gonna throw a little, just a little, you know, caveat into that. Okay. Um, everybody is interested in Francisco Lindor. I'm just gonna say that. I don't think I'm going out on a limb. I think everybody. that's probably true. Um, and then it becomes a question of are you interested in the price there that it is going go. to take now to acquire we're and then pay Francisco Lindor because nobody's trading for him. Let me rephrase that. I would be very surprised if somebody trades for him without the thought of we're immediately going to try to resign this guy. He's going to get bets type money close to it. He deserves it. He's 26. Mm-hmm. Yep. So you're talking 12 years, 13 years, potentially probably what he, if he was on the open yep. market in a normal 25 year, $25, $30 million per year. Yeah. Something like that. All right. It's going to be a lot. And BT said this yesterday on uh, the fast lane and he's absolutely correct. The Cardinals cannot afford to miss on a contract like that. I would not even have the slightest bit of concern that you would miss on a contract like that for this specific player. He's an incredible talent. We saw him come through an interleague play this year. He's he's the real deal. Fun to watch. All right, I'll let you uh, sign those checks, and I'll just be happy to announce, here's Francisco Lindor on opening day. I would love that. so much fun announcing oh, would, for that guy. I would love it. I, mean, I would he, love it. The, the stuff that you loved doing with Colton Wong, the defensive plays, he brings yeah. that. You like announcing homers? He hits about 30 to 35 of them a year. Yep. He hits about 40 to 50 doubles. He's a hell of a player. <laughs> God, he's got it all, man. He's Ribs, got it all. BK, Alex, coming up. Scotty, great job. You'll be off tomorrow, so have a great weekend. And I'll talk to everybody tomorrow at 10 on 101 ESPN. You have been listening to the TV voice of the St. Louis Cardinals, Scoops with Danny Mack on 101 ESPN.